Welcome to the Chronic Hope Institute podcast, the only podcast designed for the families of those who are struggling with addiction and codependency. If addiction has rocked your household and you don't know where to turn to get support, then this podcast was built for you. Our host has written the book on how families can navigate the scary world of addiction. Chronic Hope, Parenting the Addicted Child, and Chronic Hope, Families and Addiction can both be found on Amazon today. We invite you to connect with us on Facebook, as well as subscribing to the Chronic Hope Institute podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, here is your host, author, therapist, and CEO of the Chronic Hope Institute, Kevin Peterson. Let's roll. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's Kevin Peterson, uh, the host of the Chronic Hope podcast here on Friday, July 2nd, 2021. The Chronic Hope podcast is the only podcast dedicated to helping the family that's struggling with addiction and codependency. And our job is to give you solutions and help you put out the house that's on fire. And, and today we are honored to have just an amazing uh, person with us, uh, Heather Hentrig from Ocean Recovery down in Southern California. And Heather's going to share a little bit of her story and talk about uh, how families can get help and how her family helped her. And uh, without any further ado, I'm going to say good morning to Heather and hi, how are you? Good morning, Kevin. I'm good. Thank you so much for, for having me. I'm, I'm truly honored. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so grateful that you're here. And, you know, I just think the world of you and I think the world of the work you do. And without any further ado, uh, I want to jump right in and I want to go right after the topics and the conversation that we're going to go and you know, uh, engage with. And, um, you know, the first question is always kind of the same. And the first question is, how did you get sober? Yeah. So um, when I was uh, in my disease, um, I got sober about 11 years ago um, and had been spiraling out of control for a good 10 years prior. Um, and it got to the point where my mom um, and my dad um, decided that they were um, not going to facilitate my addiction, um, but they would facilitate my recovery if, if I was ready. And I wasn't ready for quite a long time. Um, but when I finally reached my, my bottom bottom, um, I did reach out to my parents um, and said, okay, I'm ready, I'm done. Um, and at that point, I think they were kind of scrambling to know what to do. Where do we send her? Um, you know, there weren't as many uh, treatment uh, programs or resources out there as there are now. Um, and so luckily, when I was in the kind of depths of my disease, my mom started a blog um, about being the parent of a heroin addict. And um, through that blog, she met a lot of other parents, and that was her way of, of gaining a community um, because she really didn't know how to cope with, with you know, um, I think reconciling how her, you know, educated, um, you know, daughter who had everything going for her, you know, how did she become a heroin addict? Um, and through that blog, she met a lot of other other parents, and then she also met a lot of other professionals. And so she reached out to um, an interventionist she had met through her blog, 
who then recommended a, a treatment center, a women's program for me. And, and um, you know, four days later, I was on a plane for Southern California. Wow. And what, so that was in, in uh, 2010? 2000. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you had said earlier, I want to go back a little bit. Um, you had said earlier that your mom and your dad had kind of gotten to a point where they weren't going to um, engage with you and your addiction anymore. What did that yes. look like? What, how did they come to that conclusion? And then how did they approach you exactly? So um, I think, um, you know, for, for a long time, um, my, my parents uh, thought that bailing me out of my crises, whether it was a financial crisis, whether it was, you know, my car, you know, getting pulled over and my, you know, tags were expired. And so my car had to get towed or what I was constantly in crisis. Um, and for a long time, my parents, I think, thought that bailing me out of every crisis uh, was helping me. And the reality was that it was, it was not helping me. It was not allowing me to reach my bottom. And it was prolonging the ine inevitable of, of me getting help um, because I always knew they would bail me out. And so um, I, you know, I think my, my mom started going to Al-Anon and seeing professionals, seeing a therapist, and, and they started to draw boundaries. Um, and it, it finally did get to the point where I knew I couldn't call them for money. I knew wow. I couldn't, um, I knew I couldn't, go, you know, come over to their house. Um, I knew that, um, you know, if I, um, really the only, you know, interactions I had with them were, were kind of few and far between, I think, it, you know, really was for them to just make sure I was still alive and breathing. Um, but I did know that if, and when I was ready, um, that, that they would, they would be there to, to help. And, um, and finally I, I was. So what I'm hearing you say, and I love this, by the way, what I'm hearing you say is that your your parents set some boundaries and they had teeth in the boundaries. Yep. They didn't just say it, yep. you know, they they actually yep. held their ground and they got help for themselves. Yes. And, and yeah. the other thing that I loved what I heard you say, because this is one of the things that I always tell the people that I work with is you have to stop bailing them out because what you're doing is preventing them from feeling their consequences, you know? Right. And when, when you started to feel your consequences, that's when you started to look for help. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, um, you know, throwing money at the problem or, um, you know, feeling like, um, you know, you're, you know, no, no parent wants their child to suffer. I, I think there's something innate in every parent that, that, you know, it's, it's, you obviously don't want your child to suffer. Um, um, but at the same time, not allowing them to suffer and feel consequences, um, doesn't allow them, you know, you know, when you feel enough pain, you change. And um, if they're not feeling enough pain, then there's no reason to change. Um, and so, um, yeah, I think, you know, I, I certainly got to the point where I was living in pain for quite a long time and, and you know, very isolated from my family. Um, and um, I realized that, you know, I had two options. I could stay where I was, which was miserable, 
or I, you know, there was this mustard seed of hope um, that maybe there was another way to live life. And um, yeah. I went with that mustard seed of hope. Which your parents effectively help you get to because they stopped enabling you. And now I'm curious, and because and, and, one of the things that the families that I work with, when I explain that process to them, what their response is, but if I do that, they could die. Right. And, and, and the, what, what is your, I, I know what I like to say, but what would you say to a family that comes to you and says that? You know, um, I, I think my response is um, really that, you know, you're, you're actually helping them die by, exactly. by continuing, by not allowing them to, to, um, to reach their bottom. And it, it seems counterintuitive um, to a parent when, when, you know, of course you don't, no parent wants their child to die. Um, but, you know, you can, you can not help enable that death by setting boundaries. And, and when you set boundaries, um, when, you know, when the family system changes, then this addict over here is also forced to change. And unless this family system changes the way that they're interacting with, with the addict, um, nobody's going to heal. Absolutely. And I, I have to tell you that I had the exact same experience. My father in 1990, we were driving from San Luis Obispo to San Francisco. And in the first five minutes, he said, you know, Kevin, you're my only son and I love you. But you're an alcoholic and a drug addict and a liar, a cheat and a thief. And until that stuff ends you're out of the family. Yeah. But I think the important thing that your parents and my parents did also, they said, when you want help, we will help you. They didn't just slam the right. door on your fingers and say, get out and, and go fix yourself. They said, right. And, and like your family, my parents had received some professional help along this process and, and said, Draw a line, tell him you're willing to get him help, but until he's willing to get help, he can't be part of the family. And, and you know, yeah. that's, it took me about another month, two months to respond to that because I thought I'd test it and see what happened. But, but I'm here the same system and that's exactly the system that I, and I outline in, in my books and in my talks. And I know it's the same system you guys follow at Ocean Recovery. Mm -hmm. So, so take me from you got sober. <laughs> You went to treatment, yeah. And and now, now tell us what you do, <laughs> where you work, and and your title. I mean, just tell us everything, and and how you work with families today. Yeah. So, um, so I got sober. I I started working in the field. Um, you know, as a like a tech. Um, and I became really interested in, in working in the profession. I, I became very passionate about it. And, and now I'm, I'm the senior vice president of strategic development for ocean recovery. Um, we're located in Newport Beach, California. We've been around almost two decades. Um, and we are a gender specific, uh, long-term program. Um, our women's program treats substance abuse and co-occurring eating disorders. Um, and our men's program treats substance abuse and trauma. Um, and, um, we're typically a 90 day program and, and, you know, do an amazing, incredible job of not only helping our clients, but also doing a lot with working with the families. Um, and, I really, you know, I, I think 
you and I were talking a little bit earlier before we started that a lot of parents, you know, drop their kid off at, at treatment and they expect, um, you know, as long if my, if my kid changes, everything's going to be fine. And the reality is, is that um, the entire family system has to change. Um, and if they're not involved in the process from the beginning, whether it's, you know, weekly therapy sessions with the client and or, um, you know, go getting treatment on their own, when that child comes back to that same family system, if the family system hasn't gotten better, um, the, 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 the loved one is, is going to go back to their old ways. Um, and so we work a lot with the families throughout the entire process of, of making sure there's a shift, a dynamic shift, so that when the, you know, the loved one does come back into the family um, or it moves back in or what have you, um, it's not the same dynamic that was there prior um, because that, that never works. And I, you know, and I always recommend a family also, you know, work with a professional like Kevin um, or, a, a, you know, a professional on the front end, like an interventionist, because, you know, you said, you know, I, uh, we were talking about families not wanting their children to die. No, no parent wants their child to die. Um, but I think involving a professional um, who can be an outsider and who not only can support the family, but, but can also um, relay a message to a loved one in a way that sometimes family members can't. I think is is very very helpful. So that's why I always like to involve someone like Kevin or um, an interventionist yeah. in the process because it alleviates so much pressure for the family. Yeah, and and the family, you know, I love what you're saying because the family nav is navigating new territory for them. I mean, for you and me, this is an everyday occurrence, but for the family, this is a brand new concept, and and they they feel lost. They've tried everything. And, and they've gotten nowhere. And um, hey, we have a couple of comments. I'm going to read them off. Um, Charlie Anderson, uh, a buddy of mine, and probably a buddy of yours too, who lives in the great state of Michigan, says, thanks, Kevin. I love listening uh, to the way you articulate. Thanks for all you do. Thanks, Heather, as well. I appreciate your story and your perspective. Thanks, Charlie. I love that. That's fantastic. And then Christian Farr also said he loves this, which I thought is really cool, too. And uh, I, I love, and by the way, if anyone's watching and they have questions, uh, you, can, you can message in the questions and Heather and I will do our best to answer them. Um, if you're a family member and maybe you're watching this afterwards and you have a question and you want to know more about what we're talking about, you can email us, you can go onto the group and put a message onto the video and we'll be happy to answer. Heather and I will both be happy to answer you and help you in any way, shape or form through this process. Um, so um, can you uh, tell me a little bit about uh, the family program that you guys offer at Ocean Recovery? Yeah, so um, we offer, um, first and foremost, we offer weekly family sessions okay. um, with, the, with the loved one. And we always involve, um, when we're talking to family members, we actually always involve the client um, in the conversation. Um, because we really want our clients to start taking ownership in the relationship with their families. Um, and um, so, and in addition then to the, like the weekly family um, work that we do, we have a, like a three day family program where the families all come together 
Um, and they, you know, we provide them with psychoeducation. Um, we allow them to get to know each other so that they have a support system, which is so important. You know, we, we you know, we, we're encouraging our clients to find their support system, whether it's through AA or, or some other, you know, um, fellowship so that they, you know, when they leave treatment, they have support. Um, but the family members need support too. And so, um, and so we really encourage them to lean on each other for, for that and, and get to know the other parents and call each other when, you know, they have their suffering or, or their loved one may, might, may have relapsed or because if they don't have support as well, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's overwhelming, I think for the families. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, like I always say is if it's, if it's good for the addict, it's good for the family. You know, if, if creating a right. network of people that are fighting the same battle, you know, um, absolutely. So, okay. So the title of today's episode is what is California sober? And, and I got sober in Southern California, although I live in Florida now and, and you got sober yeah. in Southern California. And, um, yeah. we both obviously recently saw, um, uh, uh, Demi Lovato, uh, Demi. come out and, and, and say, you know, I'm California sober. Uh, it's okay for me to drink and smoke weed as long as I'm not doing heroin or harder drugs. And I think right. that's probably very confusing for family members because they're trying to yeah. figure out what a proper boundary is and what, what, you know, what that looks like. Tell me what your thoughts are and, and, you know, just be candid. <laughs> You know, I, um, when I heard California sober, um, for the first time, I really, I honestly didn't even really know what that meant. Um, and, um, I, you know, I later came to learn that I think it meant you, you could smoke a little pot or, or use, um, occasionally. I know, um, uh, what I, all I can speak for is for myself. Um, I know that I'm an addict and um, I cannot put a substance in my body um, because I know where that road leads, um, which is usually a needle in my arm. <laughs> yeah. um, and so it's a very it, it is it is um, it is a very slippery slope, I think, when we're talking to especially young adults um, who, you know, maybe using harder drugs, but have access to alcohol now have free access to marijuana. And, and let me just also say, you know, this ain't your mom and dad's pot anymore. Um, mm -hmm. we are seeing unbelievable levels of marijuana induced psychosis now. Um, you know, not only at the treatment centers, in the hospitals, in the psych units, um, mm -hmm. I, I work with so many professionals where, who are, you know, they really don't know what to do and, and the parents don't know what to do because their, their loved one is, is, you know, really has really lost their mind because of the marijuana, um, and the high levels of THC that are in, you know, both the edibles and the smokable, um, mm -hmm. as well as, you know, the, the vaping. And so I think it's a really slippery slope. I, you know, for me, um, I come from an abstinence space um, model where, you know, if you're sober, it means that you're not partaking in, in any mind altering substances, period. Um, and, you know, it's, it's kind of all or nothing. Now, you know, that being said, I think there's also a lot to be said about Matt. Um, and why don't you explain um, what that means? So medication assisted treatment, um, it is, you know, anything from, um, psychopharmaceutical medication to Suboxone. 
Um, and you know, the, the reality is, is, is that yes, it's saving lives. Yes. Um, every, you know, people need access to, to, um, certain medications that can help them, um, um, not only, you know, get over the hump of recovery and, but also, you know, uh, save their lives. Um, and so I think there's also a lot of controversy around, you know, whether Matt is, um, or Matt treatment is, is sober or not. Um, and the reality is, is that um, I think we need to take um, all approaches to 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 and give all access to to people who are suffering from from substance abuse. You know, I would agree with you when it comes to medically assisted treatment. I have to tell you, initially, when that first, you know, I came out, I was thinking, oh, great, we're going to have a big giant one big giant methadone clinic in the world. And, right. and you know, but but and I understand the, the value of Suboxone and, and some of the other psychoactive drugs as well and how they can help people come down. And for the families that are watching, what we're talking about is there's a, in the last five or 10 years, there's been a wave of drugs that have come in available that help people taper off um, benzodiazepines, opiates and, and heroin and, and, and by, you know, using a drug that kind of mimics the and, and, and lowers the impact. And, and the ultimate goal is to taper down off that drug as well. But there's definitely been a lot of controversy inside because you're taking someone that's using a drug in an addiction fashion and giving, supplying them with another drug to sort of stair step them down. Um, and, we, and we are definitely seeing results with it. And so, again, if you're a family member and you're sort of wondering, you know, oh, my gosh, here's the situation. What do we do? Um, that is definitely an option to take a look at. Um, I wanted to say that back to what we were talking about with the California sober concept, I'm with you in the sense that I come from a position of uh, total abstinence um, in the sen- and, and, and that, where that comes from for me is that, I, like you said, you, you know that you're an addict and I know that I'm an addict and I'm an alcoholic. And what that means is that I never am going to regain control over the drugs and the alcohol. You know, and again, I'm speaking to the family members that are trying to figure out what we're talking about. Going to treatment and being sober and getting education for a certain amount of time is not going to change the fact that I react differently to drugs and alcohol than the majority of the population. Does does that make sense to you? Oh, absolutely. Um, And I also think that, you know, um, there has to be a complete lifestyle change as well when you get sober. And um, if you are still partaking in in marijuana or or drinking occasionally, then you really haven't changed your lifestyle or your friend group or your community. Um, And that part is is just as important, if not more so, for for long-term recovery. Um, and I think family members really need to understand that, like, you know, it, it's you, you really have to, if you don't change everything, then you change nothing. Right. Oh my gosh, exactly. And I, I mean, I just, I couldn't have said it any better. I think that's wonderful. And I mean, I, God, I really love, this has been, this is so much fun. I, I, I would like to spend all day talking to you, but I know we both have, lives. I know <laughs> but I'm going to get to see you in a couple of weeks, which will be fun. Um, we, uh, and, but I think, you know, the fact that I love the fact that you've addressed that your family was critical in getting you sober by holding boundaries and, and, and sticking to those boundaries and having yeah. a solution, you know, that, and that, that's important. And that you engage, you work for a program that engages the family throughout the entire process that 
and that by changing the family dynamic and changing the entire family system, you can actually, that's the best way to support the addict or the alcoholic. So any last thoughts before we sign off today? Oh my gosh. Um, I, you know, I think I just, I feel so much for these families who, who are feeling so helpless and, and overwhelmed. Um, I guess my, you know, my only message is that there's hope and to seek out a professional like Kevin, find a community, find other parents, um, um, go to Al Anon. (laughs) Um, and, um, you know, and, and really seek, seek help for yourself. And, and once that's done, um, believe it or not, your, your loved one will, will soon follow. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you hundred percent. And that's one of the things that I always think is a surprise for the families that I work with is that they want to spend their time talking about the addict or the alcoholic. And I'm like, yeah, we're not going to do that. We're going to talk about you and how we can change you and fix you. And, and, you know, that, that's really what the, the best way to help um, the family system is. Um, okay. I just happen to know that there, am I wrong? Is there somebody in your house that's celebrating their first birthday soon or recently? Oh yeah. No. Yeah. My son uh, just celebrated his first birthday uh, of last Friday. Um, <laughs> these are the gifts of recovery. You know, I, um, you know, I got sober and, and I went to treatment and I started working a program and I, you know, I, uh, found a profession that I'm passionate about and I met my husband and I now have a child and, and, you know, it's, it's incredible what, what happens when, you know, when, when you start working a program and, and I'm, I'm so grateful that, you know, I, I made the decision I did and I'm so grateful my family finally stopped enabling me <laughs> because it really allowed me to, um, feel the pain and, and, and want to change. Yeah. Motivate to change. So last thing, how's your relationship with your family today? Oh my gosh. It's incredible. Um, I, you know, I have a beautiful relationship with everybody in my family and, and, you know, my mom, even, you know, 11 years later still goes to Al-Anon and still has a community. Um, and, and she, you know, she really looks at herself as, as being in long-term recovery too, even though she's not an addict. Um, it's, you know, a, a, you know, addiction affects the entire family. Um, and, and everybody's sick in, in a family with, with addiction. Um, even if you aren't the one with, with the addiction. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that my family, um, is still seeking help for, for themselves and as am I. Um, and you know, I, yeah, it's, it's a, I have a wonderful relationship with my family now, so I'm super grateful. So, so it's, so again, to give hope to the families that are watching, you can you can hold boundaries with your your family member, your loved one that's struggling with the addict drugs and alcohol. You can make sure that you when you hold the boundary that you have a have a solution for them so that when they do ask for help, you can do that. And then you can take care of yourselves. You can engage in communities of other families that are struggling with the problem. And then on the on the other uh, side of the spectrum is that, you know, uh, you know, there's with sobriety, um, the family can get reunited and, uh, you get grandchildren, 
you know, (laughs) (laughs) which is such a wonderful story. And I'm, I just, I mean, I adore you. I'm so proud of you. And it's just, it's a pleasure to be, uh, to be your friend. Thank you. I feel the same. And, um, you know, I, I'm so grateful that parents and families have a resource like you, Kevin, out there. And I, I, I wish you had been around when my parents were, you know, uh, 11 years ago when, when, you know, there, there just weren't the resources there are now. Um, and so I'm, I'm so grateful and, and that you, that you're, you're there advocating for these families and, and, you know, are offering a solution. Oh, it's thank you very much. It's my pleasure. And so that's going to wrap up our show today. Hey, if you don't have time to sit down with an hour for an hour and make an appointment with myself or one of my colleagues, we do offer a video course. It's it's one hour. It basically talks about how to handle someone before intervention or treatment during the uh, treatment period, and then how to reunite the family. It's only thirty seven dollars, and it would that would normally be about a hundred dollars, or in session, it'd be about one hundred and fifty dollars, and um, so that's available on the website. So are the books, Chronic Hope, Families in Addiction, and Chronic Hope, uh, Parenting the Addicted Child. They're on Amazon, Kindle, and Audible. Um, and then we also have an Instagram, Instagram page, a Facebook page, a Facebook group, um, and an Apple podcast. And so please subscribe to all these. That helps us get the word out. Those are all free, and our goal is to help families for free as much as possible. We have a couple of quickies, uh, things that come in. Kristen Ott says, I'm watching and I love you, Heather. That's so sweet. <laughs> and then Barbara Luce from here in Jacksonville says, glad you're posting this. Callie Sober is definitely scary. So, all right. Hey, gang, thanks for watching. Heather, thanks for ha- being here. And, you know, have a wonderful ho- 4th of July holiday. Will do. Thank you so much. Okay, talk to you later. <laughs>